Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about managing your supply chain. There's no question that some suppliers are having trouble keeping up with demand. Some channels are fully depleted. Almost all real estate investors at some point are buying construction materials either directly or indirectly through a subcontractor. When buying through a subcontractor, you often pay more because the subcontractor is simply passing the cost on to you, the end customer. If prices are elevated, then you feel the full impact of those higher prices. Even if various supply chains are inefficient and better pricing could be found elsewhere, subcontractors have no incentive to shop around for the lowest price. As a developer, you're faced with several difficult choices. Do you allow your subcontractors to quote and then purchase materials, or do you take on that procurement function in-house? If you take on the responsibility of purchasing the materials, you better not make a mistake, because if there's shorter materials at the job site, you've got a subcontractor waiting with a meter running, and it's going to cost you a lot of extra labor. If you decide to assume the responsibility for purchasing materials, what supply chains do you want to utilize? You may want to concentrate your purchases as much as possible within a single supply chain to take advantage of as large a discount as possible. The more business you do with one channel, the greater your discount. As a simple example, let's imagine that you have a pro account with Lowe's. The more you purchase at Lowe's, the greater your discount. When you purchase across the breadth of your projects, those discounts add up. But when you discover that Lowe's doesn't have the product you're looking for in stock, a search of several stores showed that Lowe's, for example, had zero stock of nylon white electrical cover plates that we were seeking. Home Depot, on the other hand, had ample supply at a good price. The decision is obvious. You have to secure the supply from the channel that has it. Now, electrical cover plates are not that expensive, and the extra 10% discount won't make a big difference in the grand scheme of things. But what about higher-priced items? Are you better off working with a few specialty suppliers? There are businesses, for example, that specialize in only certain trades. For example, there are suppliers that deal with building envelope. These are things like flashing and siding and weatherproofing and roofing materials and so on. Will you get better pricing and, more importantly, greater security of supply when dealing with a specialty channel like that? I recently priced LED pot lights at Home Depot, Lowe's, and Amazon. The choice, features, and pricing was far better on Amazon than at the big box stores. Checking the reviews, I found that I could source the best lighting products from Amazon for about 10 to 15% less than any of the big box stores. The best prices are usually found in the wholesale channel, where the supplier only sells to contractors. These suppliers do not serve the retail channel, but that means each time you set up an account, you need to send company records, fill out a credit application, and go through the process of setting up an account before you can even place your first order. When you're undertaking a construction project, seeing that there's inventory available in the channel today is no guarantee that supply will be there when you need it. Once the project is committed, the only smart thing to do in today's environment is to purchase all the inventory right now and warehouse it. But then you've got to add the cost of the warehousing to the cost of the inventory. In our projects, we made the decision to purchase shipping containers to warehouse the materials at the job site. And while a shipping container these days might cost a few thousand dollars, we feel confident we can always sell the containers in the open market when the project's completed and we don't need them any longer. If the pricing for containers remains steady, then the real cost of the container is simply the cost of tying up the capital for the duration of the project. Since containers seem to hold their value, the real cost of that warehousing could approach zero. Now, one consideration is that a shipping container is not climate controlled. Therefore, it's only suitable for those products that can tolerate a wide range of temperature and humidity conditions. Even if the container is watertight, 
the inventory will be subject to variations in temperature and humidity. So I would not store kiln-dried hardwood flooring in a container. But construction lumber should be just fine, along with electrical components, plumbing supplies, fasteners, ceramic, and steel. Those will all tolerate the temperature and humidity fluctuations of a container environment. In today's environment, dedicating resource in your company to optimize your purchasing can pay huge dividends in terms of savings. And those savings will come in two dimensions. The first saving will happen because the component substitution will save you time when you experience supply chain disruptions. The second saving will result in value engineering. Since you have the relationship with the architect and the engineers in the project, you'll need to be involved in the decision loop regardless in order to get sign-off from the architect and engineers on those material substitutions. With all of the supply chain disruptions that we're seeing in 2021, this is the year where we're bringing the purchasing function in-house. And despite the need to manage all that extra complexity, we find that it's absolutely worth it. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.